0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service
1: is... Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice.
0: Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Uh, once again. This is episode 227 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear, Tell you more about them shortly. My name's Trevor Long. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long, and you can follow this man on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PHN. You can read his tech news, reviews, and information at techguide.com.au.
1: G'day, Stephen. G'day, Trevor. Great to be back again. Hope you're all refreshed from our little week off. We had a couple of people wondering where we got to, but we're back, people.
0: I am more refreshed. That, that was the first genuine week off I reckon I've had in many, many years, i am genuinely refreshed, Stephen. I am genuinely nice. pumped Very. for this great show. Um, we've got a lot of tech news, and let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two
1: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
0: And it's quite pleasing to be able to open the show with a, a long conversation about Microsoft, because there, there are the odd... I'll be honest, we don't get the haters uh, that suggest that we talk about okay. Apple too much, but uh, it's insinuated sometimes. But the fact is, Apple have a lot of news, and, that, and that they're able to you know, run the cycle very well. Microsoft did a great job um, uh, last night, uh, as we record, um, announcing a, a huge range of things. It was funny, uh, um, one of our listeners, and in fact, I think an old school buddy of mine, Craig Rosé, uh, tweeted me, are you going to have coverage of the Microsoft event tonight? This was yesterday, and I said... If it's if it's cool and interesting, um, it'll be in two blokes talking tech. And he went, "What couldn't be cool and interesting about a Microsoft event?" And mate, I think they've delivered. They've they've got a new Surface Pro 4, um, which is thinner and lighter than um than any of the Surface Pros to date. Um, uh, better better display. Uh, obviously still the the Intel processors and using the latest sixth gen. Um, more powerful. Um, it's available to pre-order today, and it's going to go on sale when. In, in, interestingly, the date is the same date that their Sydney store opens. That's a big deal, Stephen. The, um, both yep. the Sydney store and the Surface Pro 4. I'll quickly tell you about the products, and then we'll we'll, um, we'll deep de- deep dive into them. The Surface Book, which is a it's interesting, a lot of people calling it a genuine laptop. It is a genuine laptop, but it's also a convertible, really, because the, the screen comes off and it's a tablet. But the key here is that in the keyboard, there are processing power, the graphics power, things like that, that are, that are added when you, when you docked it. And it's a very um, real, real keyboard. It's a proper laptop-style keyboard. Plus, made a bunch of Lumia devices, the Microsoft yeah. Band. So a solid range
1: of announcements, don't you think, Stephen? I think they did Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I think we're seeing, we're seeing a a revitalized Microsoft. I'm feeling it's kind of like Microsoft 2.0. I'm seeing that's what I feel about the company. They've, they seem to have this new energy about them, especially now that they're more in the hardware space. Like we've, we've known Microsoft, of course, having Windows and Office and all these really great software products. But now that they've really pushed hard into the hardware space, you know, the Surface and the Surface Pro tablets have been huge successes. Now that we have seeing them going a step further now with the Surface Book, which uh, lets, I think is a bit of a challenge, not only to other convertibles, but I think a bit of a challenge, a bit of a nudge to the, the MacBook Air possibly as well. Uh, the Lumia devices. Finally, we're going to see uh, the, those: the 950, the 950 XL, the 550. But the common thread through all this, don't forget, is Windows 10. Mm. So it, it's good that sort of Microsoft timed that. Obviously, the rollout of that of that operating system, and now it's come up with these new products that can all run it. That, that can seamlessly have this operating system running, including those smartphones. I think this is a real big opportunity for Microsoft now to to maybe win some new customers not just in the PC space but I really think these Lumia smartphones could b- attract some customers to to the devices seeing that they're pretty deeply entrenched in the Windows ecosystem and this just makes all of that even more seamless and gives them access to that stuff uh, on, on their devices as yeah. well. Well, let, let's dig
0: through them in the uh, in the order they are displayed in the Bible of technology, techguide.com.au, uh, the Surface Book. Um, yep. As you say, competitive to a lot of things, um, the hinge on it as a laptop remind me immediately of a kind of oversized version of what La- Lenovo have done with the Yoga 3 Pro, um, yeah. a very innovative kind of hinge. It's not really just open and shut. It. it really can operate at any angle. But then obviously the screen comes off. It's a 13.5-inch display um 12 hours battery life um and i think the the critical thing there is you know it also can be bumped up to what 16 gig of ram um the the hardware accelerated graphics is a big deal because that's not on the tablet part that's in the keyboard so it it's an added functionality of it when it's docked which means that this thing could be gaming this could be
1: video editing could be basically anything mate but it is bloody expensive it is, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to bring up. I thought, well, you know, it, the the uses for the product, I think it's very versatile. If you want to use it as a tablet, you can use it, uh, you know, you use it as a laptop, you can sort of fold it over and use it in that in that position as well. Uh, that, that accelerated performance for the graphics, the, the RAM, it's all there. It ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of users, which is it's going to be attractive to a lot of people, which is smart on Microsoft's part. But you're right, the pricing... Uh, we're looking at two thousand two hundred and ninety nine. That's the starting price for yeah. a laptop slash convertible. Uh, you know, we can obviously blame the weak the weak Aussie dollar. It's I think it's fourteen ninety nine, one thousand four hundred ninety nine US dollars. Yep, so yep. I think just doing the straight conversion, we're getting probably the same kind of value as the US market. Mm. Um, it, it does. It, it does compete against, I think. Well, I think a MacBook Air. Let's say you can buy a 13-inch MacBook Air for a lot less than two two nine nine, and have it pretty pretty well specced up. You don't
0: think but, it competes a bit more with a MacBook Pro? I mean, it's a it's it's probably not as thin as a MacBook Air, so it's, I yeah. actually think it's a bit more competitive in terms of its power and whatnot for the yeah. Pro. I think that's where they're aiming it.
1: Yeah, I know you, you. You're right. I think uh, that it does have that capability. It's, you can spec it up to that level, absolutely. So uh, it, it is though. A lot of people and a couple of people have tweeted me already about it, saying, "Wow, they're, they're not. They look fantastic, and can't wait to see it." But that 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 answer again is they're not cheap. No, and it, look, let's let's do a, an American
0: comparison. Let's forget the Aussie dollar for a minute. Uh, a 13-inch MacBook Pro uh, with a 128 gig hard drive. Uh, and you know, pretty much similar specs is twelve ninety nine, and the Surface yeah. Book is fourteen ninety nine. So even at the US level, bad. they're they're more expensive. And this is what's stunning to me because it used to always be that Macs were more expensive. So it's it's like everyone, it's like you know, they've sat around the boardroom and gone, but but it'll be more expensive, and they are going, well, that's good because that but well, that's how Apple made it work. Uh, it's very <laughs> interesting, isn't it? That we can. We can now see um, PC pricing at such a high level when PCs were always – I mean, there's always your cheap uh, models available at JB Hi-Fi and the like, but your your top-end premium is really competitive on specs, on design, on build quality, and on price now, Apple versus Microsoft. And I'm not even sure – That's good or bad
1: for for which company? I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. I think that Microsoft's argument here, though, is that this is a powerful device. It's It's a detachable screen. There's so much to do with this product that... That therein lies the premium—the fact that it's so versatile. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, and we'll talk about the Surface Pro Four in a moment. But do you remember the old Surface Pro ads that were yeah. poking fun at the Mac, the MacBook Air, because you couldn't—you ta- couldn't detach the screen. You could—it wasn't as versatile as the yeah. Surface, yeah. the Surface Pro. So th- that's their argument. They've they got a bit more versatility, and you know, if you want, you want that kind of uh, versatility, you need to pay for it. All
0: right, let's move on to the Surface Pro
1: Four. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that this this is just going from strength to strength. the 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 fact that it's thinner, it's lighter, it's it, it runs cooler, it's got a longer battery life. It's just it's it's going up to the next level. And uh, this, I think, and and I was hoping though that this would have uh, 4G connectivity. Yeah. I thought there might have been a SIM card option for this one, maybe in a in a model, an upcoming model. I'm not sure, but the specs that I saw today had no indication of the uh, the ability to add a SIM card to it, mm. which I think is unusual for a product of this kind. That would have been a, the perfect little topping, the perfect little feature to add to this product.
0: Especially given the um, surface, the, the, the smaller surface um, does have that option available. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like they don't know how to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I thought it was a little strange, and, it, and it, I do... Like that little that, that's uh, that little symmetry where the nav- goes on sale November twelve, which just happens to be the, the date of the uh, Sydney store opens, starting mm. at thirteen hundred and forty nine bucks. I think it's sort of in the same ballpark as the Surface Pro three. Yeah, which that's is- nearly a thousand dollars cheaper than than uh, the Surface Book. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of customer opts for what mm. because it's- to the- me the Surface Pro four and the MacBook, Book, uh, sorry the Surface book, uh, apart from that physical keyboard, they, there's they, kind of cannibalization of, they, they do cross
0: on. over a fair mm. bit, don't you think? They do, and I think that's that's good and bad for Microsoft. It probably means the volume will be lower on the Pro 4, but the overall volume will be higher, if that makes sense, of sales. <clears throat> the other thing they upgraded on the Surface Pro 4, from what I've seen, is the keyboard as well. So they've really actually put proper keys into, the, into that um, touch cover. Yeah. So, which is really important because it was, it's, it's a good cover, but it's still to make it, it needs to feel more like a laptop. So that's a big deal. You mentioned the Lumia smartphones. This is some, um, uh, an interesting chat that we'll, we'll have maybe, we might even dedicate an episode, I think in, in, a, in the next few weeks or month to the smartphone market. We were talking off air about where yep. it's going and how it's performing. And, and, you know, part of that conversation, obviously will go to windows, but you know, the Lumia phones, we've said it. We've been saying it for years. They're great phones when they were Nokia phones, but they have always struggled with the operating system. And you know what? I don't care what anyone says. Um, you can have the best operating system, which Windows may have, I don't know, on a mobile platform. Fantastic. But unless you have the apps, mate, you you don't have it. Yeah, and when you can download Shooty Skies, the new game or, you know, all <laughs> the whatever it is, it's yeah. got to be available. And if it's not, people feel let down. They don't have access, and that's the reason people don't go into it. So I'm not sure Continuum and and, and having a Windows experience on your computer and your smartphone makes a rat's ass a difference to the average user. (laughs) I don't really think that matters, but that's what they sell themselves on, so I worry about that.
1: I look forward to getting these in my hand. They look like pretty high-quality products. So these are obviously the Nokia name has completely disappeared off these devices. Um, They still retain the Lumia name, but – they are, and we and you mentioned we've always had a rap on Windows Phone and the Lumia phones, and they've kind of been on the verge. They've been on the verge of sort of gaining a bit of momentum, a bit more market share, but when you can't get, well, this was a couple of years ago, you couldn't get Instagram on Windows Phone. That was a deal breaker for customers. Yeah, That's, it not No, I can't have that. I remember one of my daughters, like this is two, three years ago, her iPhone, she smashed her screen or something and was getting it repaired. She goes, oh, have you got a phone I could just use for a day? I said, yeah, here, yeah, I've got a Windows phone. First question she asked, D- can I use Instagram on it? I went, no. <laughs> At the time, she, I said, no. She said, don't worry about it. Didn't want it. So that, that's just one example of why that not, not people are turning away from this operating system. It's different today. Instagram, yes, Instagram is available, and others are coming online, but I think Microsoft – They've got an amazing opportunity here if they do really get the developers to to sort of come back to the fold because you've got to remember Microsoft for years have had all these developers creating software for Windows and th- they should reach out to these same developers and encourage them, give them some sort of incentive to come to develop the Windows version as well. You know, of course there's iOS, of course there's Android, this seems to be the sort of the the, the the forgotten child. They're not developing for this platform. And so if- now with Windows 10, the ability to have these apps across not just uh, the, the phone, but tablets, PCs, the whole kit and caboodle, this is a really good opportunity where Microsoft can increase their market share in the smartphone market. And if you want to fact check us, uh, episode 49, uh, the 1st of
0: February 2012, <laughs> we talked about… <laughs> We talked about Nokia looking to come back strong with the Lumia 800. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we—I'm not—I'm yeah. not kidding. We've been talking about Nokia we and Lumia have. for for a
1: long we're time. We're fans.
0: We're fans That's of Nokia. Right. We were
1: from back in the day. We were, we're yeah. Nokia users. I've
0: got a lot of Nokias here in the cupboard behind <laughs> me. It's. Uh, <laughs> Yes. you got to get them recycled, don't you? Or are they going in the museum? Yeah, they're in the museum back here. They're not gonna recycle <laughs> mate. Uh anyway, it's look, um the other thing quickly, uh I guess they that we can't miss, but no, I mean it's not really that big a deal to me. The Microsoft Band two, it's very expensive, like two forty nine in the US or something. Yeah. Um I sometimes I just think to myself, guys, do you need to be in every sector? Really? Do you need to have a fitness band? I mean, seriously, there's some yeah. good ones out there. Why the first one
1: wasn't this? that good though, No, was it? No, it wasn't. It was pretty average. Do they even sell it in Australia? No. Yeah. Well, because we get it this was one? average. Hopefully we get this one.
0: Well, you know, I think it's an interesting one. It's, it'll be available in November. Apparently, I can't imagine they're not going to try and stack the Sydney store. Let's talk about that for a minute on the 12th yeah. with yep. a serious Microsoft experience. Now you can have some beautiful Dell and Lenovo and Toshiba laptops in there as well as your own Surface and Xboxes and all that kind of stuff. Some Lumia phones, but you've got to have a lot. So that's a flagship store. It's the first one outside of America. This is a big, big deal. So yeah, you know, I think they do need to have the band there if it's ever going to come to Australia.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the yeah, it, it is having Sydney as the first big store outside the US. That's that's a that's a pretty big endorsement for Australian customers, and I think Microsoft are going to play on that. And it's a massive store. It's going to be in the middle of the Pitt Street Mall there. So I think you can bet your bottom dollar, they're going to be pushing hard to get people in this store. Well, people will naturally gravitate towards a new store anyway. Yeah. But I think... In the case of the Surface Book and the the Surface Pro 4 and these other Lumia devices, it's going to be a case where you know, and this is how Apple makes so many sells so many products. People get their hands on them and think, "Wow, this is cool," and they become customers. They buy it. I think that's what obviously Microsoft's hoping to do here in Sydney. They've also uh, there's a new store. I walked past it actually in New York on Fifth Avenue, right in the guts of the the sort of high end shopping district on Fifth Avenue. There, that's going to open a couple of weeks before the Sydney store. So you can mm. see sort of the direction Microsoft are taking here. They're, they're, they, look, they have taken a leaf out of the Apple book. And, and look, if there was a company to imitate, Apple would be the perfect candidate. So I think Microsoft, as I was mentioned at the top of the show, it's a it's a re-energized Microsoft we're seeing here.
0: Yep, it is. Um, that is a huge wrap of, of the products and, and announcements from Microsoft. Uh, full details of all those things, some video previews, some images are available on Stephen's website techguide.com.au.
1: Now, I think we both agreed uh, earlier this year, Trevor, when uh, when LG released the 4K UHD OLED TVs, we were both pretty, well, not pretty, very, very impressed with the TVs. I think I gave it five stars, one of the best TVs I've ever seen. Uh, it, it really, uh, t- really captured our, our imagination and we really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that in, in my, in my review, I think the only con I listed was the fact that I had to give it back. That's how much <laughs> I liked it. So, uh, but the, the news is now that the uh, LG 4K OLED TVs, which were initially only available through Harvey Norman, uh, since they went on sale in July, now, uh, they're spreading to other stores, so you're going to be able to get them through, uh, Good Guys, Retrovision, Bing Lee, JB Hi Fi, Radio Rentals, Dick Smith, Better Electrical, RT Edwards, so right across the country. Yep. But the even better news is that they've dropped the price. Ching, ching. Yeah. So the sixty five inch model is now a thousand dollars cheaper. Was nine triple nine, now it's eight triple nine, Trevor. Big news there.
0: Yeah, and we predicted that, didn't we? Uh well yes, we, we knew did. that really, because the the idea of the Harvey Norman exclusivity was to ensure that one retailer, whoever bidded for it, and it was Harvey Norman, would be able to actually churn some sales at the premium price. You know, there's a margin there to be made, and that's good for them. But as soon as it's in multiple retailers, the price has to come down because it's competitive. And frankly, you won't have to pay eight nine nine either. Because you'll be able to walk into JB's and say, "Can I pay eight, eight nine four nine? You know, fifty bucks off, a hundred bucks off." You'll be able to negotiate now because they want your business. But um, you know, this was a big deal for them. It's a good deal leading up into Christmas. And the, the, here's the: this is going to sound crazy, but the thing you're absolutely right. I I loved that television, except my my only um, downside, as I mentioned in my review, and we mentioned here, was it was curved. I, I have no purpose for the curve. I don't see the point of the curve. Um, <laughs> And we've talked about that at IFA, you know, they're going to go flat on those. And I actually made a statement on TUI early this week that I think we're going to get to CES and we're going to hear some waffle about 8K from some idiots. But I think <laughs> LG will be smart and they'll talk about the flat OLED being their their primary, um, you know, core television range. And they'll yeah. they'll have some serious numbers of models. There's two, there's two TVs here we're talking about, a, a 55 and a 65. Next year, I hope, they announce... You know, flat OLEDs in a range of sizes, range of values, range of things, and frankly, mate, that absolutely should put Samsung on notice. And uh, you know, oh, you and I meet with these companies regularly, and we have we have coffees, chats, whatever. I always get nervous meeting with LG because there's not really that much exciting stuff to say. I just love having a conversation with them now because. They are in a great position. They are in a great position to take away some market share, if not, if not in a in a longer term, two to three yeah. years, really start to dominate the TV space because they, they have are. the best product.
1: Well, they're they're leveraging the fact that they are the only company with a range of 4K OLED TVs, even just HD OLED TVs. They they have they seem to have cracked the code here. They're, they've because let, let's just point out to listeners OLED is organic light-emitting diode. So you kind of know the background. It's self-illuminating. It's very hard to produce. Uh, and, And other companies have tried it. We've seen Samsung and Sony do it. The yield rate, which means the number of TVs that come off the line that are working... Uh, for these other companies, were quite low, so economically it wasn't worth pursuing. Yeah. What LG has managed to do is create this this economy of scale, so they've, they've they've created a process that works that creates these OLEDs high yield rate. Hence, the reason why they're the only major TV company producing OLED in this in this way. So they are absolutely putting the wood right behind the arrow that they are pointing out the fact that. Yes, that is the point of difference, and you're absolutely right. Samsung have been kind of rocked back on the heels a bit here uh and and not just you know we we did discuss off air samsung's a year with on in the smartphone, which hasn't been up to expectations. This has now put their TV business under threat. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they come up with at CES, not just LG, what their OLED strategy is going to be, but what's how Samsung come back now to maintain that number one position. Yeah, and and the the critical thing about your yield rate conversation, they've got several years' head start because if – and I
0: believe Samsung must go OLED, otherwise they will be left way behind – um, they can talk about SUHD and all those things. It's it's just fluff around the edges of a, a, a complete difference in quality. If the, someone else decides to go OLED and there's others now doing it, they have to get those yield rates over time. So therefore, they can't price match the same way that LG yeah. can. So look, it's great news. They're available at a range of retailers now. Um, you know, Har- uh, Harvey Norman as well as now Good Guys and all the others. So. Well worth checking out if you have got eight grand, uh, nine grand, as opposed to the ten that was being asked before. Um, but it's still big bucks, uh, and we'll have to wait and see what the real adoption rate is. But I don't think it'll take off until um, prices come much further down and there's a there's a higher uh, range of sizes available. You're listening to two blokes talking tech.
1: Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking
0: tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So, you know, innovation in broadcasting isn't really very common these days and then innovation at football games or sporting events or even major events is also a difficult thing Telstra showed me at the grand final the other night an interesting innovation which I'm still I love I think it's amazing I'm still yet torn on how well it would be adopted the concept here is a thing called LTEB it does require um and Telstra hopes this will be running mid next year they, they want to buy the AFL and NRL seasons but I think more mid to late next year um It requires you be a Telstra customer. It requires you have a specific app and it requires you have a compatible device, which currently mm, Samsung Galaxy S6 is about the only one. So we're a long way off at having a widespread appeal. But here's what you can do. You're sitting there, you're a Telstra customer, you're sitting in the stands at a live event. And because you're at the live event, Telstra knows you're at the live event because you're connected to that cell tower. You open the app, they can now live stream to you via multicast, which is a very efficient delivery of streaming um live feeds not just the combined feed you see on the big screen but you can choose cameras so you can say i want to follow jonathan thurston there might be a camera that follows him around you could say i love the spider cam i just want to watch that but then that's that's cool but it's not game changing the game changer here is that when there's an event to highlight a special thing happen they push and i mean push highlights to the apps apps in the in the stadium that are open so You've got the app open, you click the Highlights tab, and there's new highlights added all the time. It gives you a little pop-up notification, you know. Jonathan Thurston's field goal now added. And when you click that, you get a map of the field, and you can choose which camera to watch it from. You can watch it over and over again from every different camera, and it's stored on your phone. So when you're on the train on the way home from the event... You can watch it again. You can debate it with your mates. When you go to work the next day, you can say, "Did you miss
1: that? Here it is, and let's watch it from it, this angle." It's very, very cool, mate. It is. Well, he, here's what I think, and uh, my, my invitation must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> I, must, I must remind Telstra about my home address. They, uh, they must obviously yeah. misplaced yeah. my invitation. But anyway, what I think about that, and you know, I'm a big footy fan, mate. Really? I love going to the football. Uh, I, didn't I I'm, know. A, I'm a big fan. Who do you being support the game, Stephen? Who do you but, support? I'm a rabid man. Oh, you right. know that, okay. mate. Sorry. I did watch the grand final again the other day, just for old times' sake, you know, the South winning the grand final. But anyway, we digress. But here's the thing that... And it, look, it sounds great, and it's it's a big... <laughs> it's a big ask Sorry. for... And I know Telstra are the sponsors of the NRL premiership. Mm. Uh, they've got all the digital rights and all of that happening. But I think it's a pretty... If, you know, you've got to be a Telstra customer. You need a certain device. Right out of the gate, they're limiting the appeal of this, oh, yeah. of this new technology. For sure. The other thing that, that – uh, and look, it sounds fantastic. The other thing that people that Telstra need to keep in mind is that the reason people go to the game is so they don't have to watch it on TV. They don't have to be checking on their phone all the time, uh, results and things like that. So I think that having – it kind of takes away from the, the you enjoying the atmosphere and being at the game if yeah. you're continually looking down at a device. I suppose if there's a break in play, that would be okay. But that would be the downside for me because once I'm at the game, I don't even tweak during a game unless something ridiculous happens. Mm. I'm watching the game. I think I, you're I in I the, the top phone tier away. of
0: supporters. I think you're in a tier of supporters that's that, that absolutely – cherishes the game i think there's a bunch of people who either don't go to games because I you know look hand on heart i love watching the game but i have no idea what's going on so the <laughs> idea of putting headphones in and actually getting the commentary that appeals to me for a start yeah um secondly i do get caught up in the moments so i often do just glaze over and go yeah let me know when something big happens and the ability to sit there and turn to someone and go oh my god look at look at it from this angle and then mate the example like, on Sunday night was extreme. And it was after the game we were doing this, remember? So it doesn't have to be during the live event. Yeah. We opened up the highlights, and this poor – is it Ben Hunt? Is that ben the Hunt, half?
1: yeah, from the Broncos. This the poor Broncos bloke
0: offback. has dropped the ball like a sitter, and that's costing the game oh, – it's just so obvious at that point. And yeah. if, I, if you choose the camera that's behind the goal on him, the camera doesn't go on to Jonathan Thurston to kick the field goal. It stays on him. And you, yeah. you can watch him for three minutes – just
1: break down. It's it's heartbreaking you know, to watch. And to me, to me, this app would be suitable for people watching at home as a second screen. Like yeah, you've got the I, I agree. I it's agree. It's to be a great a, a companion for that. But like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think it would be great because I'm often at the football, and say my brothers at home texting me. Oh, Phil Gould said that you know Sutton is injured. He's out for the year. That sort of information you miss because you don't. You're not watching the telecast. Mm. You're at the game. There's no one. The commentator doesn't announce to the crowd what they've said on television. So I can see where that would bring you, sort of, give you more information, give you bring you inside the game even more. But if you're a spectator at home, that would be ideal second screen tool. Yep. Yep. I I don't. I don't know that the rights would.
0: Excuse me. Would allow it. I think that's the kicker. There is that. Because this is in the stadium and it's a, it's a local broadcast, yep. I think, yeah, it's an interesting one. But look, bottom line, you're right. It's a stretch, the number of hoops you have to go through. But yep. as a concept, it's very, very cool. How they yep. introduce it and how it, gets, how it gets played out, can't be 100% sure, but well yep. worth checking out. It's a, it's a fun little concept.
1: I hope I get a chance to check it out, mate. I'd love to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're listening to two blokes talking tech, one bloke uh, unhappy. But that's he'll get over it. <laughs> And we do all thanks to the good people at uh, Netgear, netgear.com.au. And the product you have to see banging on about for some time uh, is the Arlo Smart Home Security System. This is, um, this is sensational. Uh, I was away last week. Uh, we had people kind of staying here to look after the house. But, you know, just to be, have that second level of, uh, of security, I had the Arlo. So in my office here, if uh, someone happened to come in, I had... Video evidence of who came into the office. Someone at the front door. I know who it is. I get an alert on my smartphone, wherever you are. The um, the two-camera starter system is is now $547 uh, at JB Hi-Fi, and there's a $50 cashback offer now. So well worth checking out. JB Hi-Fi, one of the big retailers for this. It's 100% wire-free. You plug in a, in a base station. You put four batteries in the, in the camera, and the batteries last, I'm going to say, four to six months, depending on how heavily you use them. I've just replaced mine on the weekend. Bunnings had the batteries. That was easy. Um, uh, Great little system, very easy to set up, very easy to manage and 100% wire-free right on your smartphone anywhere you are. You can watch the cameras live or the uh, recorded motion uh, that's saved for the last seven days and even longer if you, if you get a, a cloud account. Netgear Arlo, smart home security system. Check it out at netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech
1: with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. Well, we've all heard about online hacking, the uh, the ability for someone to get into your stuff, to read, to get your documents, to get information. And it's the whole reason that we have internet security software. We, we protect ourselves online. But there is a different type of hacking that Australians are being exposed to uh, that could be just as costly in terms of information being seen by the wrong people. And the type of hacking I'm talking about is visual hacking. And I'm sure uh, by this I mean those times where you may be on a plane, you may be sitting in a cafe, on a bus, on a train, and you happen to casually look over at someone else's screen and you're seeing something, whether it's you know, passcodes or some sensitive information, that there, ladies and gentlemen, is what visual hacking is. Mm. It's a real problem. And uh, there's a couple of things. I mentioned this to you off air. The
0: the concept of visual hacking probably doesn't doesn't worry most people, right? Because you think, who's going to be looking over my shoulder on a plane to try and get in my computer? But let me give you the best example. The most important device in your life today, and probably more important as we move towards a digital wallet and all those things, is your smartphone. And if you do not have a four-digit passcode or stronger on your smartphone, you are insane, but also that's a very easy thing for people to visually hack. I can tell you right now in the last two days, I have unknowing or kind of unwillingly, subliminally known and seen several people's, at least two, um, their four digit passcode. Because A, it's either really, really easy, so I can see they're pressing the same digit four times, or it's <laughs> or it's a really simple pattern, or they've done it so so obviously in front of me. Now, hopefully they trust me and, and I'm not interested, but be very careful. Who's watching when you do that? You've got to cover your pin at an ATM, cover your pin on your phone as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I should point out that this was, uh, there has been a study done on this and, and it was uh, conducted by 3M, which is the company who develop Privacy filters for your devices, oh. so they had some a motive to put this uh, issue forward. You know, motive to do a survey? They obviously uh, sell sell the products that can help you get around uh, the visual hacking, and that's the privacy filter, which, when applied to your smartphone or your tablet, your laptop, even they've got even uh, a screen for a thirty inch desktop monitor. If you're not sitting dead center in front of the device, uh, if you're looking side on casually, you know you see nothing. It's it's blacked out to your to your mm. view. So. Uh, if, if yeah, you might be typing in a, uh, your credit card. You might be making an online purchase. You might be, uh, it might maybe some kind of sensitive business information that you may be working on a presentation on a plane. How many times have you sent next to people f- finishing off a presentation yeah. uh, on the flight on the way over wherever you're going? And you, I've read the whole presentation and it's this top secret uh, thing. I normally get a headache
0: done. from from looking like looking straight ahead but tilting my eyes. It hurts my head. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, this is uh, look, it's it's an issue. It it could it could result in someone seeing something they shouldn't. Privacy screens that could come back to haunt you. And so, bottom line, if you're worried about it, experience, mate, is you know, women looking at me all the time. That's Ah! all the hacking I've experienced. Uh, Geez, you visually hacked a few people, (laughs) haven't you? Visually hacked a few people in your time as well. Well, you know, look, that's why I wear sunglasses, Trevor. You just (laughs) can't get caught out, mate. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i have gone. That's brilliant. Anyway, if you um, need protection from uh, visual hacking, um, 3M obviously have a solution. I'm sure Stephen has details about that at TechCod Com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and
1: Stephen Oh,
0: that's your best ever, honestly. Oh, <laughs> just anyway, Epson. A couple of quick things before the minute reviews because, geez, aren't we offering some value here in terms of time? Having oh, yeah. taken a week off, oh, people, we deliver for you. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, uh, Epson printers. Now, this is a, I went along to. Um, a presentation uh, of this, uh, it wasn't the most stimulating presentation because they also talked about a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, um, um, shall we say, less interesting um, com- commercial products. But in terms of consumer printers, so the, the visual representation I give you is you buy a cheap printer, you know, $60 printer you can get now, and it'll print like 16 pages, and then you've got to buy ink, <laughs> and it'll print a ream or two of, of, pa- of paper worth of printing. Epson have a product now. Called the eco tank and they make it very clear it's an expensive printer but you don't have to fill it with ink for two years it will print like 11 reams of printed material it is amazing what it can do and the 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 example they gave at the event was uh razor blades you can buy two dollar disposable razor blades great uh, you can also buy kind of ten dollar razors with you know more expensive blades, and then you can buy an electric shaver. They put this in the electric shaver category that says this thing will work, it will last, and you will get your money back over time so it 's a very interesting strategy because people are compelled to just go into Dick Smith or wherever and get a new printer and it 's sixty bucks or it 's a hundred bucks and you know the, the ink doesn 't seem that expensive, but you have to you don 't realize how often you ref, you're you 're adding it. Yeah. The eco tank is literally a little little squeeze bottles. You you fill the uh, the tanks with ink and mm. it's it's made that ink is there to, to last. It's not meant to sit forever, but you know, if you don't print every day and you only print once a week or two, it's absolutely gonna keep churning out and churning out and churning out for you. And you know, Epson make bloody good quality printers too, so it's a really good yeah. kind of compromise between the whole, do you know what, this is gonna cost you money. But trust me, it's, it's a good
1: investment over time. Absolutely, We should point out, though, like the reason people uh, spend some money or, or why cartridges are expensive is because not only are you getting new ink, you're actually getting a new piece of machinery each time. You've got to remember that the ink cartridges are, is actually the print head for your printer. Yeah. So in my story, I've written that it's, it's not too different to getting a new engine every time you need an oil change. In your car, for example. That's why it's expensive. So Epson taking this, this path with just you having to buy a bottle of ink rather than having to replace all this technology each time, mm. makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned these printers are expensive. They start at 449 bucks, which is obviously a bit more than your $60 printer. Mm. But I think the, the cost of the ink cartridges, you'll make your money back in, in 12 to 18 months. Mm. And these are designed obviously for home office, small businesses, small, medium businesses as well. So, uh, Epson have got a lot of experience in that, in that range, in that market, and uh, really have done well with this concept. Yeah, it's a great little range. Uh, you can check out Stephen's story at
0: techguide.com.au.
1: Well, we've all climbed aboard the Hain plane, of Hell course. Hell yeah. I mentioned, uh, I'm talking about Jared Hain who uh, has now gone from Parramatta Eels superstar to San Francisco 49ers rookie. It's been quite a journey, and, and uh, he's, he's now one of the biggest names in sport here in Australia and also getting quite a reputation and becoming even a, having a high profile in the US as well. So uh, with that in mind, though, you've got to remember that Jared does use – he's still got a lot of family and friends here in Australia, so he does use the internet probably just as much as everyone else, if not more. So, what Norton has done, the internet security company, they've decided to partner with Jared Haynes so make him an ambassador to, to talk about issues, really important issues, I think, that someone like Jared could be a really good uh, person to sort of get to the heart of this problem, this problem of cyberbullying. I think he's a great yeah. choice to be used as this ambassador because... It is a problem. One in five young adults have been the victim of cyberbullying, and we've seen very sad stories where it's ended in teen suicide and caused a lot of stress and strain, not just for the person, but for their family. It's caused dramas at school. I think it's a great move by Norton to to partner with Jared to tackle cyberbullying. Yeah, look, and one of, the, one of the couple of things he did,
0: the first thing he did was present a, a big fat check to Beyond Blue, which is a great uh, great cause to support, and they're going to put that to very good use in this space specifically. Um, and he also, in a little video, they did this kind of mock uh, news story, which is a bit lame, but they, they did okay. Um, they He talked about, you know, his social media and how that needed to be safe. And it was a good recognition that just he needed to think about cybersecurity of his own accounts. And then because he has to communicate with his family, he, remember he's got little um, little brothers, you know, the yeah. little kids back home that, that he wants to talk to all the time. That he's going to talk to via the internet, so he can play a really good role in this. I think it's a great story. I think it's a good, um, a good name to have on board for for Norton. Um, they're a great company, um, and and yeah, good stuff for Jared. He's he's really kicking goals. Ha, <laughs> not really. Um, they're struggling. He's
1: taking punts, as yeah, well, he's, or catching he's punts, re- receiving
0: the the kicks. Um, and right. they're not they're not winning, but that's okay. They'll they'll get they'll get back on board. Uh, anyway, so Stephen's got the details of the Norton uh, ambassadorship with Jared Hain up at techguide.com.au that I use. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, oh, haven't the fans been missing this, Stephen? Gee whiz, a <laughs> number of emails and text messages I've received. They've been private because people yep. didn't want to bother zero. you. <laughs> oh, actually, you're right. There was zero. Um, but I saw a couple of great products, and I wanted to hear about them, Stephen. Okay? So if yep. only for me, okay? Could you just sure. educate me on the Humax 2-tune?
1: Yes, this is a PVR, personal video recorder. HUMAX has been uh, quite a popular name in this uh, in this category. They've come up with this new product, the Two Tune, the HDR three thousand T is the model number. Now, what's so special about a set top box? It can record. It can do all this sort of stuff. Well, yes, it can. But this has got two tuners. So what it allows you to do is to actually record four programs at once. So you could, for example, record two programs from say the Channel Nine family of programs. Which is, which of channels? Which is you know Nine and Gem and, and all those other channels. And you can do the same with the another station's family of channels. So you could re- be recording four programs at the same time. Now it's got a 500 gig hard drive on board, so plenty of space to store it. It's also got Wi-Fi connectivity, thanks to the included dongle that comes in the box. You can connect a cable directly if you do happen to have a uh, a ca- an Ethernet cable near your telly. But what I like about this is the fact that there are other ways to record and view your content. Uh, one of the ways is by using an app. Now there are four apps you can download that work with this. So you can download a TV guide. You can uh, you can download a media a media app so you can watch your recorded programs. You can even push content to the box so you can watch it on the television as well. But and a favourite feature of mine is the fact you can watch a live channel on your device. So say you're in the lounge room, someone else is watching another show uh, through the Humax or maybe on the television where the Humax box is located, you can then go still within your network and choose whatever channel you want to stream to your device. So live TV, you can uh, view it in a different way. It's also got a two hour buffer that continually records. So that, say for example, you come home and the TV's been on channel 9 the whole time and you realise that there's been a program that's been on for the last hour and a half that you really wanted to watch, you simply press the one-touch recording and it will include that previous one-and-a-half-hour buffer in the recording, so you haven't really missed it at all. Uh, that's a really cool feature. The uh, EPG allows you to go backwards as well, and some channels allow you to stream programs that have already aired from their server. So there are some catch-up services that you can enjoy that way as well. Of course, it's HBB TV compatible too, so all the catch-up services, including SBS On Demand, Wonderful. is available. The H, the Humax. Two-tune HDR3000T, priced at $449. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And wrapping it up, my friend, the Logitech X50 Mini. Yeah. Well, this is a nice little speaker from Logitech. It's a wireless speaker. It's got Bluetooth on board. It's only, it's less than 10 centimeters wide, weighs just 142 grams. So it's something you can literally carry around in your pocket, can easily slip into the bag because of its grill arrangement. So the way the grill is positioned on the front of the product, it does offer quite a large sound for such a small device. Uh, so that for, from this tiny little speaker, you're going to get Pretty decent sound. So rather than you having to carry your headphones around with you everywhere, maybe you go to the beach or the park or maybe on holiday even, you want to play some music in your hotel room. The X50 Mini Wireless Speaker can do just that. Uh, it connects to via Bluetooth so you can still have that 10 meter range of your device. Uh, it, it does work anywhere you go, whether it's at the park at the beach. It's the first thing I'd put in my bag if I'm traveling, I'd rather carrying a big bulky speaker. A lot of people like to have a little background bit of background music in the hotel room, and what better way to do it than stream your own music to a device like the Logitech X fifty Mini. It's priced it's available now and priced at just forty nine ninety five.
0: Very nice, very easy to find at techguide.com.au And that's a wrap, episode 227. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. You can find Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. I'm on Twitter at Trevor Long. You can find my gibbering musings about cars and tech at eftm.com.au and you can have a conversation with us about anything technology using the hashtag
1: ZiggyZaggySteven. Back next week. Yes, we will. Good to be back again, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.